0: welcome folks you know what we've had a little trouble today it wouldn't be river city media if we didn't have trouble right this is randall here for ilogic media river city media we're available tonight via stream on facebook live on river city media draft for the upside available on your youtube at ilogic media river city media and if hey mike if i don't mess it up tomorrow morning we'll be on uh itunes and spotify so you are here with the inaugural rubbing butts that's right rubbing butts let me give you a little background here just real quickly mike and i are co-workers mike has catered many events for my work and mike showed an incredible passion for making good southern style mike is it southern style barbecue
1: it's just it's just barbecue it's no, my, my own take on it.
0: No, no North Carolina, Tennessee, just Mike's right.
1: Right. It's, it's a little bit of everything I'm from all over. So I've just kind of, uh, you know, taken stuff I like from when I grew up in the Carolinas, stuff, I like from Alabama, uh, stuff I've tasted here in Tennessee and just kind of made my own.
0: So Mike, uh, we started talking about doing this show a couple of months ago and when we were first launching river city media, and here's what we want to do folks we want to make you a a better cook uh or or a more informed cook and b we want to give you a way to do this that maybe isn't such so much money uh mike i've seen your rig mike you can pull it behind your jeep it's how many feet long uh
1: it's about 18 foot not counting the tongue so it's a pretty big pretty good size smoker um 20 to 30 butts feed 300 350 people no problems
0: so but that's not how you it, and that's where we'll get started you were telling me today while we're in the office not that we wasn't working in case you know somebody's
1: listening hey you we were, gotta take a break and get to pork rind sometimes
0: yeah yeah the pork rind machine was down today you couldn't run your credit card i was in trouble yeah um, you were telling me today you started on a very simple setup Basically, you started with equipment you bought from Walmart.
1: Yeah. Yeah. My, uh, well, all right. So the way I got started cooking, uh, my grandparents raised me. My grandmother, she, um, sorry, I was getting a bad echo with his headphones on, but uh, she ran kitchens when I was a kid. Um, so I, I just kind of got into cooking, hanging out with her. I always enjoyed cooking. Um, first job was in the kitchen doing dishes. Second job was a busboy host waiter and a cook at a seafood restaurant. Like I've bounced around from restaurant to restaurant. I love cooking. I love eating. Um, got out of school, went in the army, quit cooking, you know, it was basically mac and cheese and hot dogs or a pack of ramen. That was it for many, many years. Uh, once we moved to Tennessee, you know, I had family, um, started worrying more about what I eat. So I started doing more cooking, less, uh, fast food, you know, really got back into the cooking, started cooking at my church. Um, and that's cooking at the church is kind of what developed my barbecue. You know, I've always done grilling, but to start smoking, I bought a, a $20 rectangular grill from Walmart. I mean, it was a cheap, cheap grill at the time. It was what I could afford. Um, you know, bought tank, a bag of charcoal, went to the house, started cooking on it, started playing around, uh, reading stuff on the internet, looking up stuff on YouTube, watching videos. And it just kind of grew from there.
0: Well, we got you here, man. You talk about your church a lot. Plug it for us real fast.
1: So I go to the life church in Cookville, uh, live in Sparta. We've got three campuses. Uh, we do it online at Livelife.church. Uh, we have a Facebook, uh, YouTube channel, uh, it's about 5,000 members, so it's a decent-sized church.
0: So, um, I, you know, I almost feel like your barbecue has become part of your ministry because you're it, always honestly,
1: about. Honestly, it is. That's that's how I got started in barbecue. Um, that's awesome. So the way it happened, I was cooking at our church for the volunteers. I cooked for uh, breakfast on them on Sundays. You know, if you get up and you you go to church – It's a struggle sometimes when you got kids. Struggle bus. So imagine having multiple kids. You've got to be at church an hour earlier than everybody else because you're serving in the church. Um, You know, people are trying to get up, especially the way it started is my wife's over our nursery. So all of our nursery workers typically have little kids. Right. Now we've got to be there an hour before church starts. So them getting fed, feeding their kids, they were showing up late. Uh, my church had a big kitchen, industrial kitchen. Um, I'm blessed to be able to use it. So I went in, I started cooking fresh breakfast for everybody. And then we opened it up to everybody that was volunteering in the in the church. I was feeding about 150 people on a Sunday. Started out just myself and my daughter. Um, once it grew up to 150 people, one of my friends, he did a lot of barbecue. He asked if he could help. I was like, yeah, man, you know, if you're going to help me in the kitchen, I need someone that knows what they're doing, not someone that I have to tell step by step how to do something. You know, if I'm having to hold your hand and kind of give you every instruction, I might as well just do it myself. So he came in, started helping me. Um, We were getting ready to open a new campus and our church wanted to actually have the money or the majority of the money before we built the building or bought the building so that, you know, it wasn't like, all right, we've got this building now, how are we going to pay for it? So, uh, he and I started talking, we went to the pastoral staff said, look, we want to do a barbecue fundraiser for you. Uh, we've got a men's conference coming up. We will do all the cooking, everything, sell it. Every bit of the proceeds will go to the church. So we talked with a bunch of companies, uh, some companies like IWC, Cash and Carry, you know, they donated some stuff to us. Um, we called up Royal Oak Charcoal in Crossville, said, hey, we need a couple bags of uh, lump coal. This is what we're doing. Would you be interested in donating some to us? And they brought us an entire pallet. Like we asked for like four or five bags. They brought us an entire skid of it, dropped it off with a, a semi truck. was like, you know. You're local. Um, we're behind you. What you're doing, whatever you need, let us know. So, normally I don't plug any products. You know, I just buy whatever I can buy because right. I'm paying for it. But, you know, a company like Royal Oak stepped up and brought us an entire skid of, of lump coal, 30 pound bags. You know, that's, that's a good bit of money. They even delivered it to us. We offered to pick it up. They said, no, nah, we got you. So, that's awesome. Yeah, so we, we did the, the barbecue. Uh, it was my first time, and we did, I think it was 30 butts, and we raised close to $1,700, and every bit of that went to the church.
0: And that makes you feel special. Now, I've watched you cook. By the way, let's say hi to a couple of people here. Tim Brown, one of our co-workers, is confessing he likes to eat. And Yeah,
1: Tim likes Richard, my barbecue.
0: Richard Jasper come across with, I like pig bucks. I cannot lie. I think think that's a little little reference there. But welcome everybody that's watching. Um, when I watch you cook, man, and we'll get into the 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 who's and the whys. But when I watch you cook, I watch you cook with a passion. So is uh, to be a good cook, and I'm not a good cook. I told you many times. I'm 307 pounds. I've been talking barbecue with you all day. I went to Buddy's and got me some ribs. Before we come on the air, uh, but I mean, do you when you go to cook? Is it this? I know you're doing things for your church, and that's wonderful, but do you enjoy seeing people get that sense of pleasure from eating I,
1: food? I do. Um, okay. you know, you know, to me, it's an art form, it, it's right, right. I can't sing, you know, I, I can barely play an instrument, so I can cook. That's my art. Uh food is my media. So I you know, food has gotten me through some stuff. Um and I see it helps a lot of people. So, you know, if I can do a good job at it and everybody it makes people happy, that makes me happy. That's Um, awesome, man. My you know, my um I don't know what it is, but like I'm a servant, you know, that that's I want to help people. Um So that's me cooking, makes people happy, makes me happy.
0: Well, and another thing it comes to, and this unnamed show that we've launched on iLogic Media, uh, uh, we're calling it tonight Rubbing Butts because that's the subject, but we were kicking around names of it earlier with a couple of guys. We talked about the lifestyle of sports and not the famous. Sports, and even though we do serious sports, and that's my thing, um, tailgating is a huge part of the process that I go to Tennessee football game.
1: We can go ahead and
0: confess now. You can give us one just so everybody knows where you stand. All
1: right. So I'm originally from uh, L.A., lower Alabama. Right. So I am a Tide fan. Um, the only team that I hate would have to be Tennessee. Yeah. But yeah. – but, I, I, it's usually because of some bad fans. Uh, now, yeah,
0: hating, hating on us right now is hating like, on the poor people because they can't buy good phones yeah. or something. We honestly,
1: that. honestly, the last couple of years living in Tennessee, it's gotten to where Tennessee <laughs> doesn't bother me anymore.
0: No, now, it, it, it's bothering us. Yeah. So,
1: but now, um, I, I grew up in western North Carolina, so I was on the other side of Knoxville, and I got hounded my whole life from Tennessee fans. That's where the bad taste for Tennessee came from.
0: Well, you know, I like being one of those fans when we're winning. I ain't got to do it in a long time. Yeah, but sports and good barbecue, good smoking—they're related. Have you ever did your cooking remotely like that at, at an event? Not even sports related, but I have you just pull up. So, how how do you how does that differ from like when you're doing a caterer event, like you did for us at work recently?
1: So it it all depends on what your what your event is. Um obviously like if you you're doing tailgate, and you need to prep as much stuff as you can ahead of time. The least prep work that you have to do on site the easier and the more enjoyable uh your cook is going to be. When I'm doing barbecue um like when I, when I'm catering at the plant, I do as much work off site as possible. And then I get everything packaged up and prepped so that when I get on site, all I have to do is break it out, finish it up and go on and then clean up. You know, if you show up and you're having to unwrap every, you know, every piece of meat, you're having to clean your vegetables, you're having to peel your potatoes, you know, stuff like that. That's stuff you can do prior to leaving the house and you're going to have better facilities, um, Hopefully you've got a kitchen with a sink at home. You know you've got your trash can. You can dispose of all that stuff and have all that men- uh, menial task done before you ever leave. Right. Uh, so,
0: so when you start to prepare um, the okay, let me let me ask. I'm trying to figure out the way to ask this. So I've I've ate your cooking. This is the best way I know it. And your cooking is not sauce heavy now i did use some some light sauce on on the food i've ate that you prepared but you're not draping even in an event that's out you don't you don't really use a lot of sauce
1: no i believe that um so i despise when i go to a restaurant and order barbecue and it comes out and it is just completely dripping in sauce to me that means you have a good sauce and your meat sucks all right All you're doing is hiding the flavor of your meat with a sauce. For me, I season the meat and I have the sauce on the side. I want you to taste the meat and apply the sauce that you feel it needs. Um, You know, a lot of times I'll buy a Sunny's barbecue sauce if I'm doing a big event. It's hard enough to cook 20 butts. You know, it takes... um, 12 to 18 hours to smoke 20 butts, 20 to 30 butts. There's not a set time that you're gonna cook that. It's all on how fast the meat comes up to temp. Sometimes it stalls out and it just draws it out and it's gonna take a while. So I don't have the time for a big cook to go through and prepare my own sauce. It's just, it's too much work. Um, if I'm doing a small event, like I did one of the engineers at the plant, I did his birthday event. I made some of uh, some of my vinegar-based sauce and took out there. I also had the Sonny's uh, sweet sauce that you buy from Walmart. You know, it's just, if that's what you want, then, then I'll bring that, you know. Um, it, it just, I feel the meat should talk for itself.
0: Interesting. Um, do you, and like I said, I'm a layman, but I noticed uh, while you were cooking, I, you know, I'm pretty observant that you like to get a kind of a burnt crust or a, a darker area to the outside of your smoking. So what are you looking for right then when you're, when you're approaching finish, are you trying to finish it off with that almost smoke ring on it? Or what are you looking for there?
1: The way you, the way you do the barbecue. um, Now I use a stick burner, which means about every 15, 20 minutes I got to put a piece of wood in a smoker. So I'll take my meat. Um, You're not supposed to do this. The big Texas guys and all the competition guys will flip in their graves. But I trim a lot of the fat off the top of it, the fat cap. And the reason I do that is it makes a mess in my smoker. That's just more cleaning I got to do. There's really, it's not needed. So I'll trim that fat off. And then I actually inject all the butts with apple juice. Uh, That apple juice kind of helps keep it moist. Um, I don't know, but I think the acidity in it helps break down the tendons, helps soften the meat up a little bit. Um, And then I'll apply a light rub. Now, rub is all up to personal preference. I prefer a heavy salt and garlic rub. Some people like sweet rub. You know, um, I do ribs, and I'm not a rib expert. I'm working on it. So I play around with different rubs on that because – it depends on what you're cooking as to what kind of rub you need, and it all depends on the people's flavor. Um, I'll put the meat on the on the on the smoker directly on the grates. I use a remote temperature probe to let me know when my uh, meat gets up to one sixty-five. I'm not looking in that smoker until that hits one sixty-five. If you're looking, you ain't cooking. All okay. right. Every time I open that door, I lose about 40 degrees and I've got to get that temp back up to 250. Um, With barbecue or with smoking, it's low and slow, 190 to 300 degrees. I tend to stay 225 to 250. If you're grilling, you're going to be three to four or 500 degrees, all right, it's hot and fast. So I want to try to maintain that 250 or as close to 250 as I can, because the more that temp drops, the longer it's gonna take to hit that internal temperature. Now, once I hit 165 internal, pull the meat off, um, I tend to use the the small aluminum steam trays. I like to use those, I'll put the butt in it, and then I'll wrap the top of it with foil, and that way any juices that are coming out of the butt stay inside that pan and just kind of steam the meat so once I've got everything wrapped, I put it back in the smoker and I let it ride until it hits 205. Once it hits 205, 205 pull it out internal. internal? Yep. 205 okay. internal. Okay. And you got to okay. make sure got to make sure the probe is not touching the bone. If it's touching the bone, the bone will conduct more heat, so it, it'll mess you up. Now, once it hits 205 doesn't necessarily mean it's done. The way you find out if it's done when you take that shoulder bone if you can grab that bone and it pulls right out clean, just pops right out. Then your meat is done. Pull it out, let it rest for about 10, 15 minutes. Uh, throw on some heavy gloves and go to shredding. So honestly, I don't even look at the, the crust. The crust is um, a lot of people like it. It's basically from your your fat and your your uh, your rub, just kind of caramelizing on there.
0: So you're saying I put. That- Your crust crust is just, you don't plant it. I don't plant it. Okay.
1: Yep. Because I don't put a whole lot of the seasoning, my rub on the outside. Um, A lot of that flavor does not get into the meat. So what I do is I take my rub and I actually put it in the meat after I've shredded it and mix it up. That way I can kind of fine tune the taste and you're getting more of my seasoning.
0: Interesting. Do you, um, so I've always, and I do, I like my meat a little different than most people. Uh, I like a, I like a, as if I go get a steak or if I barbecue a steak at home, I almost want to start from a burnt to a medium rare through the cut of the meat. Is there a so, way when you smoke the meat to do something similar or is that, when you that seems impossible?
1: It is. Well, it's not not entirely. So when I do a steak, I do a reverse sear. And I, I do the same thing when I'm smoking a steak. Um, if I'm cooking them in the house, what I do is i pop them in the oven and I'll cook them in the oven real low and slow. Um, basically, I take my steak, pat it dry, put a little bit of olive oil on it, salt, pepper. That's it. That's all I put on it. Pop it in the oven. Um, it's usually about 250 for about 30 minutes, pull it out, take my cast iron pan with some, some butter, some rosemary, thyme, a little bit of garlic and have it real hot and just sear that meat all the way around just a few seconds on each side. Now that will give me my sear on the outside, my crust, okay. but the inside will be completely medium rare. Uh, and I do the same thing on a smoker. So we actually participated in one state cook-off challenge. It was the, um,
0: yeah, state. I, I kind of I put my notes that you were kind of transitioning into competition cooking, but it, it, it's difficult to get where you're going it if is. you want to be.
1: It is. Um, so we we tried one of them just to see what we'd do. Neither one of us had ever participated in one. Um, we showed up at this local state competition, and it was a nationally sanctioned event. There was people from Texas. Here in Sparta, Tennessee. All right. Uh, everybody pulled up, they popped out their rig. They had a $400 PK grill, aluminum grill. And I mean, this thing is, it's literally like 30 inches. It's a small grill, but it's $400 cast aluminum. Um, on top of that, they had a $50 set of grill grates that gives you the perfect char. Every one of them was using that. We rolled up with an upright smoker that we built at home, put it on a trailer. It was made out of a a propane tank. You know, it it was a six foot tall, eight foot tall propane tank that we stood up and put it on a a trailer. So we rolled out there, um, did our steak, smoked it. Then we cranked the heat up, uh, seared it a little bit to try to get our, our sear marks plated it up, served it. Everybody loved the flavor, but we didn't win because of the appearance. We didn't have that perfect steak appearance.
0: Right. And, and and that's almost, I've been to a couple of those things and it almost seems like they spend as much time on the appearance of the food as they do the taste of the food.
1: There is. Honestly, I think there was more time spent on the appearance. So they took all the steaks, you know, we had ribeyes. They flip a coin, go through, assign everybody a number. You know, we were number 15 out of 16, something like that. So we were the next to the last team to pick our first stake, and we were the second team to pick our second stake. Um, each team got two, two ribeyes, and I mean, they were beautiful ribeyes. They were massive. uh you take them back, you trim them up to make them look uniform. Uh, take some twine, tie them up so that they stay the same shape, cook them. You're only allowed to plate one. There can be anything else in the box with the steak. Couldn't have like a bunch of uh, liquid in the bottom, so you couldn't put a, a butter sauce over it, anything. I mean, it was – there was a lot of rules. Um, I had a good time doing it. I actually learned a lot from all the guys that were there. You know, it, it was – I figured it was going to be a really stuck up crowd because, you know, we were going for a lot of money and uh, everybody was just really, really chill. Come by, see what you're doing. Oh, you know, this is how I do it. This is what I'm using over here. You know, you got any questions, come over. So, I mean, it it was, it was a good time. I would do it again. I wouldn't do it with a smoker. I'd take my little $20 trash can grill over and use it, you know, but uh, flavor we had them beat. It's just the appearance killed us. I think we got 12 out of 16. So, so you made some notes.
0: Or we don't want to leave this broadcast without giving people direction to how to become a better barbecuer. So let's start right. there. That's a little bit of the history. Yeah. Tell, tell me, as a layman, how am I going to make better barbecue tomorrow?
1: So first thing you got to do, you got to have good quality meat. All right. That, that's number one. Um I do not skimp on my meat. Now it's this day and age it's kind of hard to get it. I had uh the last time we cooked at the plant, I went to five different places to try to get butts to do our our cookout at the plant. It was a struggle. Um but once you've got your meat, you then you've got to spend a lot of time in prep. And like I say with the, the barbecue, you've got to go low and slow. You've got to have a good seasoning. Um, I've been to a lot of places. They just they smoke it, and all you taste is the oak and hickory. Hickory is a very strong wood, so you have to have a mix. You know, um, you go out west. They like mesquite. Now, I'm not a huge mesquite fan. Some of it's good, but it gets really overpowering.
0: I find mesquite um, overpowering. I'm with it you. It
1: is. So in in a small amount, I like it. You know but you got to be real careful um, for my rub I'll actually tell everybody what I put in my rub I won't give you the exact amounts but um, I- I'll tell you what's in it so kids grab your pen paper you know um, the number one ingredient I put in there is sugar salt garlic powder onion powder uh, smoked paprika I use a little bit of dehydrated bell pepper and a small amount of chili powder mix it all together rub it on. And then when it's done, I like to taste. Once I've shredded the meat, I taste it, um, add a little bit in, mince it up, let it sit for a few minutes. Cause if you just put it in, mix it up, taste it, and then put some more, you're going to be way too salty. Um, so it's, you know, you, you gotta be real careful with how much salt content you put in there. The next thing you got to worry about is your sauce. So, it, everybody has their difference in sauce. I grew up in Western North Carolina, um, little kid. I loved sweet sauce. As I got older, I developed more of the, uh, Carolina gold mustard base. I started really getting into that. And then over the last couple of years, I've really gotten into a vinegar base. Um, the vinegar has become my favorite. It's got that real tangy and then some, uh, spice to it. Um, Going to Tuscaloosa every year. They have their own that I've never seen anywhere else. It's a Alabama white sauce, and it is really good on pulled pork and chicken. It's a mayonnaise based sauce. Now I will tell you, they sell it at Walmart. Don't buy it. It tastes like paint, straight up paint. <laughs> all right. I bought some. I was like, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna take this home. I was so excited. It was the worst thing I ever bought. I started to take the bottle back and get my money back. It was horrible. Um, but if you're ever in Alabama Northern Alabama, pick some up, try it, taste it. It's really good. Uh, for my vinegar sauce, I take, and this is just a basic, this would be like, Randall, you're making this at home. All right. Right. Uh, take two cups of apple cider vinegar, put it in a pot. It doesn't have to be a big pot. Uh, two tablespoons of brown sugar, half teaspoon of cayenne pepper. Uh, one teaspoon of red pepper flakes, about a teaspoon of salt, teaspoon of pepper, and then a dash of Tabasco sauce. Some people call for using uh, ketchup, but eh, you don't really need the ketchup, all right? I like it to be thin. I just use the Tabasco sauce for a little bit of color. Bring that up to a boil, whisk it, let all the salt and sugar develop, uh, sorry, dissolve into the into the vinegar turn it off, let it cool down, put it in a jar, put it in the fridge for overnight, and it's ready to go the next day. It allows all the um, the pepper to kind of break down in that vinegar. So you'll get a little bit of a sweet, a real tangy, and a spicy flavor. But that's turned into one of my favorite um, for personal use. My wife and I both love that.
0: So when, when you're doing this, let's uh, – Let's go we'll back, go to, back this. to this. If you were tailgating, would you, would you prepare, prepare all this, all before, this out before out in? I got a horrible echo from something.
1: <laughs> yeah. If, um, so if I was going, say I'm going to Tuscaloosa to watch a game, and I'm a right. tailgate, I'm going to cook everything ahead of time. Uh, barbecue is super easy to reheat. Uh, the way I do it, once it's all done, shredded, put in a pan, go ahead chill it. Um, when I'm done eating... I take it all and put it in gallon Ziploc bags, flatten them out, put them in the freezer. We'll uh, pull bags out of the freezer, dump it into a bowl, um, put a little bit of uh, apple juice in it, cover it up, pop it in the microwave, and that's dinner for the night. But if I'm going to tailgate, i take you the the small aluminum steam tray pans. Uh, They've got the lid that goes on them. Put it in there buy a small thing of apple juice. It doesn't take a whole lot of apple juice. You get on site, uh, break out your grill, get your charcoal growing, going. You can take that pan, put a shot of apple juice in it, cover it back up, put it up there. And as it's heating up, that apple juice is kind of steaming throughout the pan and it heats it up, uh, keeps it moist and allows it to warm back up real quick. Um, the one thing you don't want to do and I've seen a lot of people say to do this, they say that when you go to heat up, reheat food, you know, if you're doing barbecue, do it 300 degrees in the oven, you know, I don't like to do that. If you're doing 300 degrees for two hours, you're essentially cooking that food more, all right? Right. So I've already cooked that meat for 16 hours. It's at the perfect time or perfect texture. I put it in for two more hours at 300 degrees, it's gonna get tough and dry.
0: See, I Anytime. think that's where we've made mistakes, is taking it back, is cooking it at home, and then applying direct heat to it right. at the tailgate, and it almost becomes burnt by the time now, you get it re-eated.
1: So the way I do it is hot and fast, all right? Okay. Because um, that way you're not extending that cook time. If I'm heating something back up at home like that, if I'm doing a big pan of barbecue – 500 degrees, throw in the oven, 15, 20 minutes, boom, you're done. Right. All right. All you've done is you've brought it up to temp real quick without drawing out that cooking process. And, yeah, and that's, makes sense. And I've seen, you know, professional restaurants tell you, uh, you know, your favorite restaurant down there by the plant told us one year to reheat turkeys, pop them in the oven for two hours. And I'm like, no, you're recooking the meat. You know, you need something um, – you know if i'm reheating turkey shot a uh, chicken stock in it all right don't use water use something with flavor you put water in there and that's all that's doing is diluting the flavor that's already in there so i'll put a little bit of apple juice in the barbecue it's got a sweet flavor it kind of kills out a little bit of the saltiness but it heats it right. back up and steams it i'm doing chicken or turkey shot a chicken stock in there all right it's got a chicken flavor It's not water. It's not going to just draw out the moisture or the uh, flavor. It's actually adding flavor back into it as it's warming up.
0: So uh, one question I was going to ask you is I know you do a lot of butts. You do a lot of, you know, you're learning on the ribs. I'm afraid of of poultry when I go to smoke it. Give give me something I could do. Uh, I've got probes and I, you know, I, I get it up to one sixty five. I'm supposed to feel good about it, and then I tear it apart, and it. I I don't trust myself. Right. Is there a way to know that you have this cooked? This because the last thing you want to do is bring your friends over and make a beer can chicken and send everybody home sick. So yeah. What yeah. do you use as a judge to know when your poultry is done?
1: So for for poultry, you have to go by temperature. All right. It has to be a certain internal temperature to make sure that you're you're you've killed all the bacteria. Um, I've done some chicken. Uh, actually, I did it at Jeff's birthday party. Everybody raved over it, um, but it's it's not something I've done a whole lot of. You know, um, I do more more turkey stuff like that. Turkey's real hard on the smoker, but you know it. it takes a long time but chicken anytime you're doing chicken once it hits 165 you should be good and you want that probe in the thickest part of the meat all right Uh, yeah I've read different
0: things that one that says you where you put the probe but that makes sense because if you go to that thickest part of the meat then of course everything around it's going to be right temperature
1: right so if I if I'm smoking if I'm checking the temperature in a leg and you know i'm down near the the part that doesn't have hardly any meat it's going to hit 165 real quick right. but if i'm checking up in the breast and it's a pretty thick breast it's going to take it a little bit longer to get up that temp once that you know thick part is hit temp you're good
0: so i just want to i want to i want to plug everything for everybody again uh, we got a few more minutes with mike here we may run just a little long but we'll get it out uh but it's, if you like what you hear, you want to hear it again, you can go to Facebook, River Media, River City Media. You can go to YouTube, River City Media, iLogic Media. Um, also, Draft for the Upside on Facebook. If I made my settings right, I keep saying that, Mike. I hope everybody realizes I don't know that I, if I did or not. If I made my settings correct tonight, tomorrow morning this will be uploaded to to uh, iTunes and to Spotify under iLogic Media. Also, if I could take just a second, if you join us to hear Mike, every Tuesday night, there's a 3R sports show. We treat sports seriously. We talk seriously. Uh, We're true sports fans. Uh, Then Thursday night with Philip Chaplin out of my buddy from Indianapolis, we do uh, another angle, Mike. And what we try to do when we do the other angle is uh, and you can see we're promoted right above your head there. We try to take what we hear on ESPN and maybe break it down and go into a, to another level that not everybody talks about. Sometimes it's like watching the news. If you watch the news, all you hear is what the news wants you to hear. Sometimes there's more stories than they are there. And, of course, I'd love to have Micah back again. This yet-to-be-named show that uh, last week was a nine-year-old baseball player. Who Mike, he's incredible, he can he can quote the second baseman for the Seattle Mariners off the top of his head. But and of course, tonight with Mike, and I'd like to get Mike back in a couple weeks. And maybe, uh, we talked about maybe getting you on here and having some samples so you could maybe show them to the folks. But yeah, is there something that when you're cooking, now I learned recently, and you were talking about it, I learned recently. Even if you overcook something because I seem to overcook everything, having that broth, having the beef broth around, having the chicken broth around can can save an overcooked piece of meat is there something that oh no, everything's went wrong, this butt is overdone. How am I going to try to save this because it's a very 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 expensive piece of piece of meat,
1: yeah, honestly for I haven't overcooked a uh a butt. I did on some chicken breast, you know, trying to smoke some breast. It it first time was horrible. <laughs> you know. Um I've I've had some oops. Uh, it's usually is when you think it's gonna be done, pull it a little bit sooner, you know. Okay. Um I'm always for pulling a little bit sooner, checking my work and then going back in. And that way I'm more on the cautious side. So I typically don't overcook. You know, it's, I will pull something out two or three times right before it's done just to make sure, you know, I'm not overcooking. Um, What's your
0: opinion of the, the, oh, I I didn't mean to cut you off. No, that
1: that, that was it. It
0: What's your opinion of the stuff like the green eggs and the, and the in the stuff that uses it's you know they're they're really expensive and I've tasted some food off of them they're really good but it seems like the taste sometimes gets a little generic
1: have you had so, any
0: experience with those kind of equipment
1: so those are really nice rigs um you know you're paying for a lot of money or you're paying a lot of money for something that you don't have to have um Honestly, I could take a butt, I could trim it, I could cube it, I could do it in my Instapot, uh, have pulled pork in two hours, bring it to you and you'd have no clue that I cooked it in a basically a pressure cooker versus doing it in my smoker. Um, like I, said, I do a lot of stuff on my little $20 trash can Walmart grill. I've done uh, butts in my oven, honestly, the smoker is so big; it's hard for me to to do just a couple things. That's right. where those those big green eggs, uh, the pellet grills. I would love to get a Pit Boss pellet grill. Um, you know, they, there's a place for everything, and right. it all depends on how much cooking you're going to do. You know, for, for Randall Cunningham, uh, set a Pit Boss on the back deck. Uh, it's got Bluetooth connectivity. Automatically feeds in the pellets you know, you're not getting your flavor from that. You're getting your flavor from your seasoning. So just because I've got a $400 smoker doesn't mean my food's going to taste any better because I didn't prepare it properly.
0: Probably you know, but people people didn't prepare it no better. than
1: You know, uh, you know most yeah. white folk, we just throw a little bit of salt and pepper on it. We <laughs> go on, that's it, you know? Um, yeah. Personally, I, I like a lot of different seasonings. I like to play around with it. It's a science, you know? Yeah. Um, that's Alton Brown is one of the coolest chefs because he actually gives you the science into why he does stuff. So I watch Alton Brown. I watch Bobby Flay. Bobby Flay does barbecue, you know. So those are kind of some of my heroes that I watch and get ideas from. Um, All right,
0: Mike, we're running yeah. out of time. I want to get into something though before we do. Uh, your inspiration are those guys. Who do you are leading me perfect into the question? Who are the people that you have stole from, have recovered from, have took a piece of this guy, a piece of that guy, and that's what you call Mike Leach? Uh,
1: You know, honestly, the barbecue portion, the majority of it came from a guy named John at my church. John King, um, he's a, I don't know, he's special needs. He works on Toyotas all the time, and that's all he can work on. Um, But he's a good barbecuer. So he taught me barbecue. I taught him how to do other stuff. You know, it's just I look around on the Internet. I find stuff. I look. I'm like, hey, this looks like a good recipe. I get, I get recipes off of TikTok. You know, I download stuff off of there that I'm like, I'm going to try this. And then um, I don't I'll follow a recipe to actually make it. And then once I taste it, I'm like, all right, I'm going to do this. People ask me, hey, what's your recipe for this? I don't have one look up a recipe online use it and then just kind of make it your own that's all I do
0: well I, the one good thing I cook I think is a chili and I don't have a recipe and you know majority of my stuff is already pre-prepared for me it's just a combination which I mix it is some great, great, some hot beans from this place and some green bean or some chili beans from here some kidney beans from there a little bit of Carol Shelby, a little bit of salt. It's
1: so one good thing I love got, the man. Carol Shelby's chili see, chili fittsens. That's my favorite favorite it chili fittsen.
0: Boy, it get hot on you though if you throw. It will. There. It
1: will. It will.
0: Uh, Mike, there's something else that I. A couple more things, and we're running late. But if we run past, it's we still got a thirty minute window here. Um, do you, we both share a great love of seafood. Have you ever done seafood on the grill yet?
1: I haven't, I haven't. Now growing up, we used to do seafood boils. Um, I'm from LA, lower Alabama, grew up, you know, born on the Gulf. So we, we did seafood boils. I've never really tried to grill or smoke. Um, you know, crab meat's kind of tender, you know, it's, I've had some grilled shrimp. I have grilled shrimp, but yeah, that's about it. I'm not too big into the uh, soft-boiled crab or the soft-shell right. crab. Um, you know, I'm more of a snow oysters. crab.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. Not, not a lot. Now, one thing I do love, and have you done a lot of vegetables yet?
1: I, mean, I have. So okay. I love asparagus. Um, I do some asparagus on there with some olive oil and some uh, garlic parmesan seasoning. I've done uh, take cabbage. I love cabbage. So You slice it into uh, thick steaks. Put a little bit of uh, olive oil, salt, pepper, garlic. Slap it Mm -hmm. right on the grill and it's good. Um, It's almost like a fried cabbage without frying it. Um, One thing that I really love to do is called scotch eggs and they are, Uh it's a breakfast item. So you take an egg, soft boil it, Wrap it in a breakfast sausage. I prefer to use the uh, Tennessee Pride uh, sage sausage. Put it on 250 for about 45 minutes. Take it out, brush some uh, um, barbecue sauce on it. Put it back in for 10 minutes. Let it caramelize. And that right there is a you know one egg is breakfast. You do six and, eggs with one pound of sausage.
0: And and it it's an iris. Uh, there's a place over in Nashville called McAllister's. I've talked about. They, they've got me addicted to Scotch eggs. So it's it's just it's so good. So, um, did we get? That's it? actually
1: something I picked up at my state cooking competition.
0: Really, really yeah. interesting.
1: So that's it's, one uh, thing that I got from there, and I've really I've just ran with it. I love it.
0: Uh, is there anything that I got a couple follow up last questions? Is there anything you wanted to get out that we didn't get to talk about in this? 45 no.
1: minutes? No, I think we covered everything I had notes on. All right.
0: All right. So I want to I want to ask you a couple more questions, and we'll, uh, we'll call it a night. Maybe we'll get you back in a couple of weeks and and uh, talk about it a little more. Folks, just to follow back up, this 630, 645 on iLogic Media, you're going to see something different than sports. In iLogic, we believe that, you know, if you watch iLogic, you'll see – the, the Grumpy Bunny cooking show. You'll see, you know, how to make cocktails you with S- Superman. Some of the best stock tips out in the world. Don't don't listen to me on stock. So iLogic is eclectic, a, a Mike. And I, I love being a part of something that's eclectic like that. So, it, you know, it gives an edge to my sports that, that I can get away and do something other than, you know, the hard sports that I really is a passion for. Um, but... If tomorrow I walk up to you at work and I go, Mike, um, I I don't want to, uh, this summer I really want to enjoy it, Um, uh, I'm thinking about buying a gas grill. What's your reaction to that?
1: Um, Personally, I prefer charcoal. You know, if you're comfortable on gas, then run gas. Um, You know... I like the charcoal because you get flavor from it, you know, yeah, versus absolutely. the propane. Propane is nice because you turn it on, you light it, you go. You don't have to clean out. Um, so, I mean, it's all up to user preference, you know. Uh, the smoker we've got has a gas burner on it, so we can throw a skillet up there. We can throw a pot. We can use gas. We use gas to actually get the smoker up to temp. You know, they've got their place. Everybody does, you know, kind of what they want. And that's what's so great about barbecue and smoking uh, and grilling. It it doesn't have to be Mike's way or Randall's way. You know, it's whatever you're comfortable with and whatever turns out good food.
0: Well, and I will give you advice. Uh, Being a, a plus 300 pound man, I think anytime you barbecue, you should invite a fat friend over. We well agree. that's everybody's everybody,
1: everybody says never trust a skinny cook yeah but yeah up until you know, a couple of years ago i was only 150 pounds
0: well you've took care of that yeah so, uh mike before we get off from here first i'll give a shout out to your family i mean you've got such a great family why not give them all a shout out too
1: yeah uh, actually i just heard them pull up i told my wife i was going to be in the garage so don't disturb me but uh yeah, my wife, um, she's awesome. She runs the nursery for our church. Her name's Kelly. Uh, she actually takes care of our two kids. We have an 11-year-old daughter, Alexis, and a five-year-old son, Weston, and she homeschools them while she works all day. Uh, wow. You know, so that's that's a pretty awesome mom, and, you know, I'm blessed to have someone who will take care of the house like that while I go out and do, you know, my work, uh, do rescue, work at the church. Um, so it's it's pretty awesome to have a, a partner and a spouse that'll take care of the family and hold the fort down.
0: And Alexis just uh, is a little bit older than my daughter, Anna Lee. And we're thankful she shares the same style as Anna because yeah. we in, we inherit a lot of clothes from her. So your family's really a blessing to my heart. Um, and I want to also, I want to give you a chance plug whatever you want to plug you want to plug the church again or a facebook page whatever you got you'd like to plug brother go ahead
1: and plug i honestly like to say the only thing you know it's i'm a member of the sparta white county volunteer rescue squad so um you know always look out for your your volunteers uh the majority of our our departments tennessee is covered mostly by volunteers so your local volunteer fire and rescue departments Um, typically we're out raising funds for ourselves. I know white County, we do barbecue, we do different fundraisers and that's how we buy the equipment that we need. So, you know, you see these guys doing, doing breakfast, doing stuff like that. Please support them. You know, not just my department, but you know, your local department, uh, you know, these are the guys that are out saving your life when you're, you're in a fire, uh we got called out three different times this past weekend for floods to other counties, not just our county. So you know when you're
0: sitting there with your family, you get up and go. These volunteers yes, are it's amazing. Yep.
1: So I went to bed Saturday night at one forty five, got up at two twenty to go to Smithville to a uh to a flooded house. Um, you know, seven thirty in the morning we got called to Crossville and then uh Like six o'clock Sunday night, we got called to a guy in our our town. So it's, you know, we've been all over the state, Um, you know, so we had the tornadoes up here in Cookville last year. People from Chattanooga came up and helped. You know, it's, we do mutual aid. Um, So, you know, you see a flooded river, turn around, don't drown. You know, you see someone out with a boot raising money, please, uh, you know, help us out.
0: And get out of the bloody way when you see an emergency vehicle.
1: Yes, yes, that is – man, that is so hard. we got lights and sirens, and I know everybody's – the cars are getting better, and you don't hear as much outside. But, you know, we're on the way to cut someone out of a car, and I've got uh, Randall Cunningham on his phone in front of me and won't get out of the way. Just know I'm behind you cussing you the whole way.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you know, it wouldn't be a first. And, And I'm one of those guys, I'll tell you, If it wasn't for emergency workers, I wouldn't be doing this show right now. They got me stable on the scene a few years ago, got me to the hospital to get help. I want Mike. I appreciate your time, brother. It was so informative. I would, maybe when we come back, we'll delve a little more into the food prep side of it. Uh, 45 minutes, just not enough to get it all out there.
1: Yeah.
0: uh, Everybody, uh, 3R's sports at 8 o'clock on iLogic Media. Coming up, Raj is live in Indianapolis at the game. We probably want to have Rod uh, as his Trojans take on Gonzaga tonight. And, of course, Robbie Davis will be in the studio with me. But join us in about 30 minutes. Mike, I appreciate it, brother.
1: And yeah, thanks for having me. Anytime,
0: yep. man. A lot of fun. Yep. Thanks, everybody. See you in a few minutes.